Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm your host, Karen Curtis. This was a planned and targeted ambush and murder. This week, finally, a suspect was arraigned in the hit job against 33-year-old Jared Breidigan on February 16th, 2022, almost exactly a year ago to the day. He was shot and killed on a dark stretch of road near the sanctuary neighborhood in Jacksonville Beach while his toddler was sitting in the back seat of his sport utility vehicle. So this week, 61-year-old Henry Tennant faced a judge in a Duval County courtroom. He was charged with conspiracy to commit murder, second degree murder, child abuse, and accessory after the fact to a capital felony. More charges were then tacked on as well, and he probably will face first degree murder charges. He was ordered held without bond because it is a very serious case, a very serious murder charge. If you might recall from my past episode, episode 157, at close range, Bridegan was 33, was gunned down in front of his child after dropping off his twins, whom he shares with his, or shared with his ex-wife, Shanna Gardner Fernandez at her Jacksonville Beach home. He was actually lured from the car because there was a tire placed in the middle of the one-way road. That tire was purposely placed there to make him stop. This was a hit. Now, This week, investigators did not disclose the evidence that allegedly links Tennant to Bridegan's murder, but Tennant's most recent address has a surprising connection to Gardner Fernandez, his ex-wife. Tennant lived at 5239 Potomac Avenue in Jacksonville, which was owned by Gardner Fernandez's second husband, Mario Fernandez, at the time of the murder. Apparently, They purchased the rental property in 2017, sold it in October of 2022, according to public records. Tenant appears to have rented the home directly from Fernandez. Gardner Fernandez and Fernandez remain suspects in this hit. By the way, Tenant has prior convictions for burglary, misdemeanor battery, and traffic offenses. He was arrested August 18th on unrelated charges of weapon possession by a convicted felon driving with a suspended license, speeding, according to jail records. The state attorney says his charges will be updated to first-degree murder once he's indicted by a grand jury. He is currently locked up at the James Montgomery Correctional Center. Here is Jacksonville Beach Police Chief Gene Paul Smith, who announced the break in the case nearly one year to the day after the hit on Bridegan. 
On February 16, 2022, Jared Bridegan was driving home from a planned date night with his children. On Wednesday nights, Jared would take his nine-year-old twins to dinner with their two-year-old half-sister. He had just dropped off his twins at their mother's home and was driving to his own home on a dark area of Sanctuary Boulevard here in Jacksonville Beach. Jared came upon a tire blocking his route of travel. That tire was purposely placed there to make him stop. After putting on his hazard lights and placing his car in park, he opened his door and to presumably move the tire out of the road. It was then that he was gunned down in cold blood. Nothing was stolen from him. His two-year-old daughter remained strapped in the car seat in the back. The ruthless homicide has pained our community, and of course, Kirsten and Adam were here with us today, along with their brother Justin, and the rest of Jared's family and friends who mourn his death. For almost a year, we have investigated this case. Henry Tenen was arrested for the following crimes. Conspiracy to commit murder. Second degree murder with a weapon. Accessory after the fact to a capital felony and child abuse. All directly related to the murder of Jared. In just a moment, State Attorney Nelson will speak briefly about the charges and what's next for Tenen. However, I will say one additional thing beforehand. We ask for the community's help at the outset of this crime, and I want to personally thank everyone who has come forward to offer even the smallest bit of information. We ask for your help to identify a dark-colored F-150 Ford pickup spotted around the crime scene at the time of the shooting. And we sought information about the tire planted in the road that stopped Jared. Thank you again to everyone who stepped up. It was very helpful. We hope to have more answers to provide to you, even if not, it cannot be today. And with that, State Attorney Nelson will go into the charges and the next steps. Thank you, Chief. Let me begin by thanking all of the media who has followed this case since its inception. And Kirsten, Adam, your wife Carly, your brother Justin, I know this wait has not been easy, but as I just told you, I can attest firsthand to the level of commitment that this department, the Jacksonville Beach Police Department, ATF, and our prosecution team at the State Attorney's Office has devoted to this investigation. Today, we have decided to share limited information about the state's evidence against Henry Tenen. In order to protect the integrity of this ongoing and active investigation, the state has obtained a court order sealing Tenen's arrest warrant and affidavit for the next 30 days. However, I will briefly discuss the four crimes for which Tenen has been arrested. Conspiracy to commit murder. We know Henry Tenen did not act alone. Conspiracy to commit murder is a first-degree felony punishable by up to 30 years in prison. Accessory after the fact to a capital felony. This charge is based on Henry Tennant's actions in the days after Jared's murder. This crime is also a first-degree felony, punishable by up to 30 years in prison. Child abuse. This charge stems from the fact that 
Kirsten and Jared's then two-year-old daughter was directly in harm's way when her father was shot and killed in front of her. This is a third-degree felony punishable by up to five years in prison. Second-degree murder. This crime is a first-degree felony punishable by up to life in prison and due to Henry Tennant's participation in the murder of Jared Brightigan. Tennant will have his first appearance in court tomorrow morning. Thereafter, we will present his case to a grand jury in order to seek an indictment for first-degree murder. This, of course, will carry a punishment of mandatory life in prison. The last thing I will ask is for this community to continue its vigilance as we move forward with this case. If you have any information about this man, Henry Tennant, as it relates to this crime, please contact the Jacksonville Beach Police Department or the State Attorney's Office. So here's some background on this chilling killing from episode 157 at close range. As told by his widow, Kirsten Breidigan, keep in mind Breidigan's ex-wife and her husband remain suspects in this murder. So he had gone out for his regularly scheduled date night with his two oldest kids from another marriage. And on his way home, after dropping them off at his ex-wife's house, he stopped, um, which I we believe is because the tire was in the road, got out of the vehicle and was shot um, in front of our daughter. 33-year-old Jared Bridegan was shot multiple times it had been on February 16th. He was in the middle of the road in Jacksonville Beach, which is a really upscale neighborhood. It's where they play the TPC Sawgrass Golf Tournament. And days after, he was mysteriously murdered in front of his two-year-old daughter, Bexley. A suspicious person was caught on camera outside his widow, Kirsten Breidigan's home. Not too weird. Kirsten says whoever did this is sick. You know, it would take a very evil, cold-hearted person to do this to a man like Jared. He was an amazing spouse, a dedicated father, a good person all around. So whoever did this had to be pretty sick. So Jared Breidigan was a Microsoft executive. He's a husband who was murdered in front of his own daughter outside of his car in the upscale suburb of Jacksonville near St. Augustine, one of the oldest cities in the country. And the father of four has nine-year-old twins from a prior marriage. And he had just dropped off the older children at his ex-wife's home in Jacksonville Beach. It was around 7.30. Kirsten, his new wife, was at home with their seven-month-old London. And then Jared had Bexley, the two-year-old, in the car with him. And Kirsten grew alarmed when Jared didn't come home. When he goes to see the twins um, on the weeks that they're not home with us, um, he's usually home, you know, before 8.30 p.m., especially because our daughter's with him. She needs to go to bed. So when that time was rolling around, I just started to feel uneasy. Um, and as time got further and further, I kept calling him. I texted him. I got no response. And I just knew, like, physically, spiritually, I just knew something is not right. Something's not okay. And so I actually started driving the route that he would normally take out to the beach, um, looking to see maybe there's a car accident. You know, maybe that's, that's what happened. That's why he's not answering his phone. Um, and I kept calling him from my car um, as I was driving. And eventually a police officer answered the phone. Um, and told me to come to the police station um, and wouldn't, wouldn't tell me if my husband was okay at that point. Can you imagine? 
You're driving around. You don't know where your husband is. And finally, after calling his cell phone nonstop, a police officer picks up the phone. That's when the blood drains from your face. So Jared and Bexley were in the family's black Volkswagen Atlas driving south to their home in St. Augustine when they encountered this weird tire just lying in the middle of the roadway. So Jared got out of the vehicle. He stopped it. Bexley's still in the back seat. And he was shot, gunned down, shot multiple times. And the Jacksonville Beach police are investigating whether or not this tire was deliberately placed in the middle of the road. It was a one-way street so that Jared would get out of his car so he could be shot like a sitting duck. Bexley is still reliving the nightmare. She has good and bad days. She refers to the incident as the boom. And when she talks about it, she specifically calls out the sound of the gunshots and that she had to cover her ears. But overall, I think she's doing as well as you can expect. She talks about daddy being with God, um, that we'll see him again. So she's, she's strong. She's pushing through, and I am incredibly proud of her. So Kirsten is told by the police officer who's on her husband's cell phone for some reason, unbeknownst to her, to go to the police department. And once she's there, she hugs Bexley, who's still in shock because she just witnessed her father's murder. He was gunned down at close range right in front of her. Then a detective takes Kirsten aside and tells her that, hey, Jared is dead. Kirsten says the whole nightmare has not been easy. Honestly, there are some really hard days. I'm trying to stay focused and do everything I can to bring him justice, which helps. I'm just speaking to people, trying to spread the word, while also balancing being a mother and being there for my girls. Um, so it's not easy, but I'm doing what I feel like is necessary to bring closure to all of us. Apparently, Bexley was given a blanket by her dad and she told her mom that she hoped that there were blankets in heaven so her dad could have one i'll tell you there's nothing like a good whoopee you gotta have a whoopee and that's what comforts bexley right now hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline hi everybody this is adriana trajani i'm the host of you are what you read i have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now we get everybody from sarah jessica parker to Kristen Hanna, mitch album Susie essman Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So Jared was from Jacksonville. He graduated from the Douglas Anderson School of the Arts before earning his college degree at Utah Valley University. He was working as a manager of user experience at Microsoft when he was killed. Now, Kirsten also worked for the software giant as an account manager, but she quit a few months prior and she became a full-time mom. Now, Kirsten declined to discuss Jared's relationship with his ex-wife, this is where my little spidey instincts go up. But a source was telling Fox News, who had just interviewed her, that's where I got that sound, that their relationship was strained. Though invited, Jared's twins from his prior marriage did not 
attend their father's funeral. His ex-wife couldn't immediately be reached for comment. Again, weird. So the Jacksonville Police Department has released surveillance video stills of a dark-colored Ford F-150 truck that they call a vehicle of interest. Because I need help. I need help finding that truck. I need help making sure that people are aware so that if they ever heard a whisper of anything, they can come forward and help us find some answers. So I feel like that's the way I'm coping. Um, When I'm not actively speaking to someone or working on it, that's when it hits a little bit harder. And uh, I think it's going to be a long road of getting over this. So the FBI and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives are assisting the local police with resources, including their labs, to process forensic evidence. And if anyone has any information, you need to contact the Jacksonville Beach Police Department at 904-270-1661 or First Coast Crime Stoppers at 1-866-845-TIPS. There's a GoFundMe account that's been set up for the Bridegan family, and there is a $30,000 reward for anyone who has information that can bring in a suspect. Now, something spooky happened about a week after Jared's murder. Kristen tells News Nation that someone was walking around her house at night. My heart stopped. So I was putting my daughter to bed and I got a notification on my watch. It said person in the driveway. So after I finished tucking her in, I went and grabbed my phone and, and clicked on the notification and it showed me this clip. And like my heart just stopped and I called the detective. I was told to contact the local police. I called them. A neighbor helped me go through it, but I was I was not okay. Unfortunately, the video of this random person walking around her home is more upsetting than probative. So this was just before 8 p.m. Um, it doesn't show much. Unfortunately, the quality of that video, especially with the lights shining up um, at that angle, it's blurry. They couldn't get a good identification on the person. Um, we didn't have a lot to go on. And the cameras across the street at the neighbor's house were unfortunately turned off. And again, another really weird thing is that the location where her husband was shot was also a dead zone for video surveillance. Kirsten thinks her husband was targeted. It's too specific. You know, he that was his normal route. Um, every time he was coming home from dropping off the kids at their mom's house. And it's the only spot on that route that does not have cameras directly pointed there. So it's too specific to be a coincidence. Hmm. And because she believes her husband was targeted for now, Kirsten says she doesn't feel safe. I used to go walking at night with my dog. Um, don't do that anymore, you know, and when anyone drives too slowly coming up towards us, I get nervous. I go further aside. I pull out my phone. I'm ready to take a picture or video. Like it is unsettling. And until the people that did this are behind bars, I will not feel safe. I will not feel safe for my children. So Kirsten says her husband did not have any enemies and there were no threats before his murder. He just has this tense relationship with the ex. Police are still looking to identify the suspicious person caught on camera, but the video only shows a bright blurry figure moving quickly from the corner of the garage across the yard and away from the home. Also, police are looking for the 2004 to 2008 blue Ford F-150, which they think may be involved in the murder. And police also say that tire that was left in the road is a key piece of the puzzle. It prompted Jared Bridegan to stop on February 16th and get out of the car to be shot. 
The 33-year-old father of four was shot multiple times on Sanctuary Boulevard, just two miles from his ex-wife's home. His two-year-old daughter was in the SUV when he was shot, but she wasn't hurt. Now, police say that they believe it's also a targeted attack. So far, no arrests have been made. Now, even though two months have passed, Kirsten says that Bexley still talks about seeing her dad's murder. So she's a very articulate two-year-old. She talks about the incident, not as much anymore, but earlier on, she spoke about it quite often, mostly about the sounds of the gunshots. She also talks about daddy on the ground, daddy's body is hurt, and she does have questions. She asked me why, and I, I can't answer that for her right now, and I'm hoping... I can soon. So, you know, when these things happen, you always look at immediate family first. And just a little tidbit on the ex-wife, 35-year-old Shanna. She was seen wearing a t-shirt with the slogan, It's fine, I'm fine, everything is fine. While playing with her kids in the same Florida park where a vigil that she skipped was held by his widow the following day. Now, after that sighting, Shana or Shanna was nowhere to be seen when the actual vigil was held. And in a now-deleted blog post, the Bridegan's former mother-in-law claimed that her daughter, Shanna, and everybody who knows her was uninvited from Jared's funeral. Something's going on here. So the divorce between Jared and Shanna was messy. It was messy even after the divorce. They were going back and forth with litigation. Apparently, Shanna's family is loaded And there was some squabbling over the trust funds that were set up by her parents for their kids. The funds were set up by Sterling Gardner and his wife, Shelly, who wrote the blog. And they're hugely wealthy. Apparently, Shelly co-founded Stamp Up. It's a direct sales company specializing in stamps, which rakes in about $100 million a year. And when Shanna filed for divorce in 2015, she said their marriage was irrevocably broken and they don't love each other anymore. When the usual accusations were flung, you know, Bridegan accused his estranged wife of locking him out of the master bedroom, installing surveillance devices in the children's bedroom and in his car and speaking to him in a disparaging manner in front of their children. He alleged it was all an attempt on her part to drive him out of the family home in order to attempt to gain advantage in the custody case. Now, their son together has a congenital heart condition and he requires special treatment in New York. And that also became a major sticking point. Shanna accused Jared of wanting to disparage and hurt her more than he wanted to save their son's life. The divorce was finalized in 2015, but the couple were back in court numerous times after the divorce was settled. They got a 50-50 settlement. Of course, that's what happens in Florida. And then everybody remarried. So you had Jared marrying Kirsten, and then you have Shanna marrying a guy named Mario Fernandez, who did have a bit of a past. Apparently, he was spoken to about shooting neighborhood cats with a BB gun. So it was some sort of a animal cruelty charge that was never followed up on. Now, a status conference has been set for March 21st, and a preliminary trial date has been set for July 19th of this year. But trials in high-profile cases often don't move really quickly. It's been a slow grind for this one, so it could take both sides longer to prepare. Of course, I will keep you updated if more arrests are made, i.e. the ex-wife and her new husband. But until then, thanks for listening to Full Rigger. Check me out on my Instagram page, Full Rigger Podcast. I have photos of the widow and of the ex-wife. Until next time, thanks for listening to Full Rigger.